something happening here But what it is ain't exactly clear There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop Children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down I'm C.J. Layton coming to you from inside the secret broadcast cave of the Phantom Radio Studio in Lake Wales, Florida. This is the home of the premier radio bowling talk show. Our host was devoted to the science of bowling lane maintenance, and for more than 20 years, he was the PBA Tours Lane Maintenance Director. The Phantom has gained worldwide industry recognition as one of the foremost experts on the subject of lane maintenance so much so that the late, great John Davis of the Kegel Company requested his professional help. He's been with Kegel ever since. And every Wednesday, he's here again with another interesting guest or topic that will make you think about the world's number one participation sport, bowling. So, Phantom fans, let's welcome our host, Len Nicholson, the Phantom. Well, thank you, CJ. And a reminder that Phantom Radio is presented by the Kegel Company, the number one lane maintenance company in the world. Well, Phantom fans, for those of you that follow our show, this will be part two of our two-part show with a young man who, in many opinions of those in the know, has the potential of being very special in this game sport that we all love. We touched base with him last week and learned a little, and this week we're going to learn a lot more. And I want to thank his dad, Brandon, for all of his help in setting up these two interviews with us. And let's get him out here. So, Phantom fans, again, here is Rush Steen. Hi, Rush. And are you ready to do this again with me? Hey, Len. Yeah, I'm I'm ready. All right. Well, you look good. Uh, We're not going to have it on video this time, but next time we will. By the time we iron out a few little bugs. But. Anyway, Pards, uh, nice talking to you again. And, you know, I got a lot to ask you again. And so just like last time, you were perfect. You kept your answers succinct. And we still ran out of time. But that's because I did a lot of talking. But I'm not going to talk as much this time. But for just being 14 years old, you've accomplished a lot already. And we're going to try to find out as much as we can. But if we can't, if you don't mind, Please tell us about your social media pages and your dad's also, because I know he's also a a silver level coach. Okay, so if you can give us those two addresses, we can look you up and find out more about you. So for social media, I run a bowling page on Facebook. It's called Rushstein Bowling, along with a YouTube, I have a YouTube account that I make a bunch of videos on that's also called the rush steam bowling said talk about my dad being a silver coach he yeah he's a silver coach he helps out a lot of people and he's actually on his way to becoming a gold coach right now he's part of the way through the process so i think that's pretty cool yes it is and uh, i've already told him i'm going to have him on the show a few weeks down the road and i can't wait to do that because i want to pick his brain too you know, back in my day when we had wooden lanes, the different resurfacers would put in a ball track. Some of them put it in toward the outside. Some would put it in toward the middle. And so there was usually a track shot. 
But but nowadays with synthetics, as you know, uh, there's all different kind of patterns. The track shots have really kind of gone away. And basically with these new, you know, $30,000, $40,000 lane machines, they can put down a million uh, lane conditions. So having said that, um, what's one of your favorite types of patterns to bowl on? Usually do better on uh, short and long patterns, but I would probably say long is my favorite just because of my style and how I like to play the lanes. So you like to play inside, I guess, right? Yeah, I like to play inside. <laughs> How do I know that? You know, because basically when you the pattern is kind of short, normally you got to play outside. So those are the two things that I'm sure you already know about. But inside's your favorite. What's your least favorite? You know, least favorite would probably be the spot that doesn't work. But – I don't. I don't really know if I have a least favorite spot. I'm widening widening my horizons lately and trying to work on playing every everywhere. So good for you. Be versatile because uh, that's going to lead to my next question. We talked a little bit about equipment last week, and uh, I've always told my students because what I've seen over the years, I always recommend a guy has an emergency bag, a ball in that bag that will go straight even in the desert on the sand dunes and uh, also the ball that hooks the most. And that's an emergency bag. You may never need it, but you never want to come back from a tournament and say, I didn't have the right ball. You know, they were hooking. They were too tight, blah, blah, blah. So you got that emergency bag in there, and that's always going to be a, a plus for you. You know, getting back to your game, uh, if you don't mind bragging a little bit, you haven't bragged yet, but – What's your high game and what's your high series? So my high game is 290. I've shot it twice now, once at an SYC, one time just house bowling. And then my high series is an 809, which I bowled. I was bowling league, so that was pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, 809. Uh, it sounds like a time on the clock, you know, as far as I'm concerned. But, yeah, those are numbers that – you know, I didn't know anything about when I was 14. I had trouble even finding the bowling alley. We talked about uh, different patterns. Do you like the scores to be high or do you like them to be low or don't you care? I typically like them high just because it's easier to be happy when they're high. But really, it doesn't matter just depending on the score pace. I mean, if it's low and you're bowling well, you should still be happy about what you're doing like a 190 that's a good game but if scoring pace is high obviously i would like my scores to be higher yeah that's another little tip you know in the i don't know if you have practice sessions or not in the tournaments that you bowl in but that's something you should always try to do is pay attention look around see what the basically the people are playing if they're all striking you know it's going to be a high scoring tournament so that'll give you a mindset what they're going to be like if they're tough uh, don't be surprised the next day, you know, if you think it's going to be easy and they're not. But practice session usually reveals that. Do you have any titles that you're proud of? Uh, city titles, state titles, national titles? I know you're only 14, but I've heard a lot of things about you, but I didn't know about your titles. So this is funny. I won state when I was seven years old in the <laughs> U11 division. 
Okay. Um, but I do have a Youth Open Team Eagle, which was pretty fun. That's really all the state and national titles. Oh, and I won middle school, Iowa middle school state. All right. And so, you know, I've been to uh, Iowa a few times. We used to have a PBA tournament there. It was at Suburban Lanes. You know where that is? I don't think so. I can't remember the city, to tell you the truth, but uh, there was a heck of a good bowler from there back in the day. His name was Mike Berlin. Have you ever heard of him? Mm-mm. Okay. Well, again, he's probably 70. And you're 14, so how are you going to know anybody that old? My dad said he knows him. Okay. Yeah. Mike was a heck of a good bowler from back there. He, he won everything in the Midwest. Um, anyway, uh, getting back to you again, uh, most – Successful people in all walks of life have set some goals for themselves. Basically, what most people do that are successful, they set goals, and they're usually an immediate goal, something they can solve right away, uh, a, a secondary goal, something down the road that they want to accomplish, let's say six months from now, and then an ultimate goal, something to keep reaching for down the road someplace. Uh, have you set up some goals for yourself yet? Yes, I have. So cool. we were just talking about some of the major goals that I want to accomplish. When I'm a little bit older, I'd like to be on Junior Team USA and then eventually be on uh, Team USA when I'm old enough. And then I'd like to be successful in the PBA and hopefully be in the PBA Hall of Fame when I'm all done. All right. That sounds like some good goals to start out after. A lot of times people have to readjust them as time goes by because they reach them quickly when they have them set. And uh, once you reach them, you replace them with new goals. So just keep working at it. It's a grind out. You're in a marathon from now on. It's not a hundred yard dash, but uh, so let me ask you something that's a little bit, uh, deeper inside maybe in the mind, but what's it about bowling that, that brings you the most joy? I'd probably say getting to meet all the people. I've made a lot of lifelong friends through bowling, and I think that I'll continue to keep making friends through bowling, and that's probably, yeah, that's probably it, getting to meet new people and making friends. Yeah, uh, I've said this before on the show. About 85 to 90% of the people that I know are all involved in bowling. Uh, it's a wonderful community, lifelong friends. It's something that you cherish. Anyway, uh, I'm going to talk about something like that at the end of the show. But at this point in time, um, what's one of the most important uh, life lessons that bowling has taught you? Um. I would probably say that it would have to be that patience and hard work pays off. You always see the best people, all the really good pros, they always put in the most work. They're the hardest working, and they they weren't always good. We know that. They had a bunch of patience with themselves, and now they got to where they need to be. So I need that's probably what it would be. I've seen that through a lot of people and starting to see it in myself. So, 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. All right. Well, you know, you're only a freshman. Have you started thinking about college yet? And uh, if so, uh, what schools are you interested in? I have started to look at some colleges. Um, I'll name three. So first one, these aren't in order in any sort of way, would probably be Wichita State. I've looked at their majors a little bit, and they have one. I'm only really – I'm not super deep into majors yet, but they have one that I'm sort of interested in, so finance. And they have a really good bowling program. Then probably Mount Mercy. They also have an excellent bowling program. They're coached by Andy Dirks, which in the last show I talked about him coaching me a little bit. Third one would probably be San Ambrose, which they also have an excellent bowling program. Um, they're coached by Eric Littig, and we've known him for a long time also. So, Yeah, well, we asked you one thing about uh, what, what you found to give you some joy about bowling. Do you have a pet peeve about bowling? Um, yeah, it's always my pet peeve is that every time that I grow, I completely have to restart. <laughs> Something always goes out of whack, uh, timing or whatever. That's that's probably the most annoying part of it. Hands always growing, got to redrill all the bowling balls, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, shoes. Yeah, I always, I think in the last two years, I've gone up a ton of shoe sizes. I think we changed my shoes three times <laughs> last year. Yeah, I, I know uh, between my junior and senior year in high school, I grew seven inches. So, yeah, your hands change, your feet change, the size of your shirts change, everything changes. And uh, it's just another thing about life. Bowling is, uh, you know, just like life. It's a whole lot of adjustments you got to make. In fact, I just got another car, and it's a push-button thing. I used to turn a key. Now I push a button. I, I keep forgetting to do that. I don't know how to start it sometimes, but that's all life is. It's just like bowling. It's unbelievable. All right. Um, I We mentioned earlier that you go around, you bowl a lot of tournaments. Uh, do you have a favorite tournament to bowl in? I don't have a favorite, but I, there's definitely a couple that I like. SYC is the Storm Youth Championship. Gary, Blair, and Leanne, they all help run that. They run a great, great tournament. And alongside with that, they run a great program called uh, uh, Evolution. The Evolution program teaches you a bunch of stuff about bowling. You get to talk to pros, and it's free. So I would definitely go check it out. But it's they run a great tournament and the program's great. Then the EYT Elite Youth Tour is run by Deandra Asbady. She runs a tournament with most competitive, I would say the most competitive kids and challenging patterns. Probably the best kids in the world, I would say, bowl there. But that's where I've met most of my friends and they run a great tournament. And then there's the YBSF um, Youth Bowling Scholarship. Foundation. They run some tournaments locally around me, and they they do a great job here too. So, yeah, the last time that you were on, uh, you mentioned a couple of coaches that you dealt with, and and one of them I wanted to comment on it, but we got talking about something else. But 
uh, Mike Shady, you said you've worked with him and boy, he is a great bowler. And I know he's a great coach too. And he had the kind of an attitude that you need, uh, just calm, cool, collected. I have no idea why he left the tour. I know he left when he was still pretty young. I don't know if it was an injury or not enough money out there for him or what, but, uh, that's the kind of a guy you want to look up to. And as far as attitude goes, he never complained. It, if he, if you left a couple of ring and tens, he didn't complain about that. He just made adjustments. Uh, just one heck of a good guy. And if you see him, tell him I said, hello, I haven't seen him for about 30 years, but uh, you know, we, we talked about uh, bowling, what it means to you. Uh, what do you think your best qualities of being a person are? Um, I would have to say that I'm kind. I got a big heart. I like to see other people succeed. I'm hardworking and I like to get down to business. So when you go to the bowling center, all you're thinking about is improving your game if it's practice or how successful you're going to be in a tournament. You're not there to play games, run around, uh, play pinball, and all that kind of stuff like some little kids are. You're a man at 14 right now. It seems like you're on a mission. Yes, I am. Wow, I love that confidence. Uh, that's what it's going to take. <laughs> not only talent, but confidence also. Uh, we talked a little bit about that last time, about you know whatever sport you're in. If you need to shoot a free throw for the game, uh, you want to have Magic Johnson or somebody that's, you know, confident. So same thing with bowling. If you need a strike, uh, there was a guy on the tour. His name was Tony Westlake. Uh, he didn't have a whole lot of titles, but uh, if you needed a double in the 10th, he would get it like every time. Amazing guy. Uh, anyway, so we can go and talk about that for hours and hours. The mental game is the most important part. And uh, speaking of that, I know last week we mentioned uh, one of your all-time uh, mental coaches, Dr. Weems. He helped you with your mental game. Um, what was the number one thing he taught you? I would say that one of the biggest things that I remember is that um, Obviously, when you throw a bad shot, you kind of just got to let it go. Just got to keep going on with what you're doing. You can't let little things slow you down and stop you. Um, process, definitely need to focus on that. But I, another thing that I remembered with him was, I remember one time we went to see him, and he asked me to just act happy. Just act happy, like stand tall, have good posture, and just go and bowl and act happy. And I went from not striking at all, not carrying, I was leaving a ton of 10 pins, mm -hmm. to I just started slamming them, just destroying <laughs> the pocket. It was amazing, really. Yeah, the mind is unbelievable. Um, the subconscious especially, you know, you don't even think about blinking. It makes you blink. It makes you breathe. Uh, the subconscious mind is is unreal. You can study that for the next hundred years and not learn all about yourself. But if you have that confidence and you're happy with what you're doing, if you don't like what you're doing, go do something else. But you get a lot of joy out of bowling. You've been successful so far. 
And also last week, uh, I mentioned if anybody had any questions, which I do all the time, uh, to send them in, I'll send them a, a bowling prize. And we did get a question from uh, Bob Geismar. And he says something that was pretty cool to me. He said, you know, uh, baseball players, if they hit 300, that's pretty good. That means they got three hits out of 10 times up. But they failed seven times. And how you handle failure determines how good you really are. And in bowling, you know, if you're striking half the time, that's pretty good. You got a pretty good average, you know, five, six strikes a game. You're going to be averaging 220, 230 maybe. Uh, but you're not striking the other five or six times. And then you got match games that you're playing against people, and they might get lucky once in a while, throw a Brooklyn or a nosedive or something to beat you. How do you handle losing? I like to try and learn from it, but I don't necessarily take losing as losing. I like to think of it as just an experience and trying to – I'm not going to win everything at 14. Obviously, I, I'm trying to get better for when I'm older. Um, that's another thing that I learned from Dr. Jerry. I'm not going to win everything at 14. Just got to try and get better so I can be the best in the world that when I'm older. So, yeah, I don't really think of it as losing. I think of it as learning and trying to get better. I'm not going to win everything right now. Awesome philosophy. You know, um, there's an old saying, if you reach high, you know, your dreams and you miss, you'll still be successful. Too many people just reach low, and if they fail, they're nowhere. So just keep reaching high. Keep the confidence going. Keep practicing. Keep behaving yourself. Keep taking care of yourself. Now, we've got one more thing I'm going to ask you. I want you to tell me one thing that I haven't asked you about that you would like to mention. Hmm. I Let's talk about something that's not bowling. Let's, let's talk about fishing. So I know one possible question that we could have talked about was what my biggest fish was and oh, what was it so this is actually a story we went to junior gold in michigan two years ago and i went on a charter with my grandma grandpa and my cousin evan and we were out fishing for some salmon and steelhead trout and i caught a 16 pound salmon for i don't even know how long i was reeling that thing it felt like it was 50 pounds. And I remember looking down at the reel because it tells you how many feet of line you have to reel up. And it was, I got about, half, they told me I got it about halfway in and I looked down at 300 feet to go. It was, it was a fight. So uh, you get a lot of fun and joy also out of fishing, right? I like to go uh, fishing with my dad a lot. Cool. That's awesome. All right, my friend. Well, I can see by the old clock in the wall. We're almost out of time, and uh, it's been a pleasure having you on the show, and it's been a joy for me to talk to you. And just like I talked to your dad on the phone the other day, I told him that years ago I had uh, Jason Belmonte on the show, and uh, he was hadn't even bowled on the tour yet, and he's a lot like you, confident. He couldn't wait to get started, and I – mentioned to him he, he was on three or four times and uh 
He said it was going to be tough because he had to go from Australia to the States, and that was going to be tough. And he says, but he could do it. He had nothing but positive things to say, and I knew by talking to him on the phone that he was going to be a success. And uh, I'm no soothsayer. I'm no Nostradamus, but I can tell you're going to be a success too, my friend. So, Phantom fans, that's going to wrap up another show for this week. I'm going to have check in with him again down the road in a year or two, maybe, and find out how he's doing, get an update just like he did with Jason Belmonte. And also in three or four weeks from now, we're going to have his dad on, Silver Level Coach. I'll find out what's, you know, what's going on with him besides being a great dad. So, Phantom fans, I have one last thing to say, and it's not pleasant, but as life goes on, you know, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, we lost a giant in the industry this past week, uh, Bill Chrisman from Storm. He was a good friend for over 30 years. He'd been a sponsor on my show for 23 years, and bowling's going to miss Bill Chrisman. So God bless him. So Phantom fans, for Phantom Radio, this is the Phantom. When you're down and troubled And you need some love and care And nothing, well, nothing is going right Close your eyes and think of me And soon